Hey guys, Morten Henning from Flip Normals here. And in today's video, we are going to be talking about how to practice without actually wasting your time and getting better faster. So let's get into it. So the first thing we want to cover is an important subject, which is figuring out and optimizing for what you want to learn for. Instead of just practicing without reason, really, like instead of thinking, well, today I want to learn how to draw hands. Well, figure out what your weaknesses are specifically when it comes to a subject like hands and then try to tackle that the whole subject of let's say a hand for example can be quite complex so maybe as you practice more and more you figure out well i'm particularly bad when it comes to drawing or sculpting hands in certain positions certain extreme positions maybe it's perspective related so keeping these things in mind while you practice can make your practice is a lot more efficient and you learn a lot more from those practice sessions. We can also break it into two parts. We have the portfolio piece and we have the study sessions. For the portfolio piece, you need to optimize for the final quality. You have to make this as nice as you possibly can and without really worrying about too much how you get there. And then you have the studies. This is where you you don't care necessarily too much about the final result. Really, you shouldn't care about the final result. You should figure out what you want to optimize for. So if you're doing a perspective study, you should figure out, you should optimize for learning perspective. Yeah. You shouldn't spend time then on the final rendering or whatever whatever it might be to like what else you're doing, adding little characters to it. It, it can be, it can look cool and it might improve the final piece. But if you want to get better perspective, it's much better to do a lot of perspective studies instead of one really refined study. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like a very popular topic when it comes to something like concept art. It's for people getting into concept art in, in the first place. They look at illustrations, finished illustration pieces from a game or from a movie, whatever it might be, and they equate that to concept art, whereas the actual concept art that gets produced in, in production is very different. It's kind of the same thing where concept art is a lot more rough. It's a lot more about a practice session where you're trying to solve shapes, uh, shape language, color, instead of presenting something in the end, which is a final perfect portfolio piece, which you spend 30, 50 hours creating. Those serve very different purposes. Next topic is of disengagement. It's really easy to get disengaged and get discouraged when you're learning. If you're sitting every day and just doing studies, you, you're, you're getting nowhere. You, you might get better at those specific things. You might be better at perspective or construction or color theory, but you won't really make it to making final pieces because you're going to get so <laughs> bored. <laughs> That's just the reality of it. You need to balance doing studies with doing the fun work, with doing the, the sexy portfolio pieces. Otherwise, you, you will just won't finish. Yeah, it's... It's similar to if you've watched one of our previous videos, 10 Reasons Why Your 3D Art Isn't Improving, we kind of talk about a similar subject there where you're getting stuck in tutorial hell where you're just focused on, in this instance, you're just focused on practice. You don't actually ever take the jump and start utilizing those skills that you've learned in your practice sessions and start doing actual pieces with them. That's a very important, a very key part of practice is actually putting it to use. It's a really hard balance to find because you need 
the balance between boring and fun. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. if you're only focused on the fun parts, which in in this case I guess it would be portfolio pieces, you know, making really nicely rendered pieces. Doesn't matter if this is for three D or two D or animation, whatever it is, you're focusing on making really cool stuff. Mm. That's important to do. But if you only focus on that, you won't really get better. <laughs> you you have to in order to get better, you have to get better at the individual elements in the piece if you want to be a 3d modeler or a character artist like we keep using that example because of what we know but if you want to keep getting better at that you can't just keep making the same character over and over again or even if they're different characters you have to break it down into topics such as gesture understanding anatomy understanding character design costume design you have to get better at those individual parts and if you get better at those pieces you will or those components your final piece will get better yeah you probably know these people especially if you're students or old students and you went to an art school or a 3d school you know the students you know you you just enter the classroom for like the first time in your first week there's always going to be like superstars right some of those superstars never get better like they suffer from this weird problem where they're they're so good like they have like this perceived skill level amongst other beginners so they're like they get this false sense of security i guess when it comes to their skill level and then they just practice the same thing that they've practiced so far because that got them to that skill level the problem is you never get better you just get faster at this one specific thing and if you're in reality bad like compared to the professionals around you then you just get faster at doing bad stuff instead of getting faster at doing better stuff i suppose i've seen a lot of students have really refined pieces in their portfolio both for concepting and for for general 3d and but the problem is that you can tell that they they skipped the boring stuff they skipped <laughs> the fundamentals where their their color theories all over the place maybe the character has four different colors in them and they're the same saturation you don't know where to look because the composition is a huge mess. The anatomy is all over the place and mm. the character design is just muddy. But maybe technically the, the topology is perfect. The, um, the, the shaders are absolutely physically plausible and they're using a beautifully balanced HDRI and all that. But they, they kind of try to make everything really cool instead of going into the individual components. I see this with students, the people who improve them fastest are by far the people who spend a lot of time on quote-unquote the boring stuff it doesn't have to be boring learning about construction and learning about color theory isn't necessarily boring but it is more focused it's more it's more studies with intent yeah yeah and if you i mean if you just do those things then eventually they do become boring there's also this point of diminishing returns where you've just done so much practice that now you actually need to put it to the test to figure out well, can I utilize these skills and, and make my stuff better? Yeah, I, I keep going back to sports metaphors. It's like if you are if you want to be a football player and you just focus on running really fast, but you, you don't know how to actually play ball with <laughs> other people, you need a balance of it, right? Yeah. You, you need to be physically strong in order to, do, to actually do the task to play the sport, but you also just need to practice a lot playing the sport. So that's what we're saying. It is truly a balancing game between the more intent studies the more focused studies and the more where you're playing the game where you're making portfolio pieces where what you do it counts and you're going to be showing off to other people yeah you you can sometimes tell 
with people who've not practiced a specific skill um, where I think a great example is, is, is when it comes to hands and feet for characters, whether it's painting, sculpting, drawing, whatever it might be. It's often one of those areas that people don't pay as close attention to. The feet they do more, or sorry, the hands more so than the feet. The feet are always left behind. And you see that both in drawings or sculptures, whatever it might be, that the feet often get obscured because people have never taken the time to practice it, even though the feet are a vital part of, of the gesture of a character. It, it, they, they could, that can tell as much of a story as the way the hands are posed, but it's one of those things that are easy to skip because people most of the time are just worried about what happens you know, here. The same goes for perspective. Like Maybe you have a person who's phenomenal when it comes to rendering, uh, lighting, color but they never took the time to actually get good at perspective so their drawings are always lacking in some regard because they never know how to construct something really well in perspective and instead of taking the time doing the practice going back even if you're a professional going back to the practice stuff which is uncomfortable because now you're learning again it's if you don't do that, you're never going to be able to elevate your work to like the next level, I think. The good thing about doing the, the studies as well, like doing, again, the quote-unquote boring stuff, is that you will you will get to a final result so much faster because instead of having to draw out to perspective lines one by one, you have a more intuitive mm. sense of how it all works. Instead of having to... It's kind of like if you know a language really well, you don't have to look up the dictionary for every single word. It just, it's just way more fluent so it's a huge benefit to spending proper time on the on the the fundamental studies. Yeah, I think I think that's a interesting way to put it. Like for 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 a dictionary, you want it to become an intuitive part of your artist arsenal, if you will. You don't want to have to think about it. It's like when it comes to anatomy, for example, in the beginning when you're doing studies, if you're doing figure sculpting, well, maybe you'll be constructing everything from like the bones up and then adding the muscles to get a feeling for how to put things in place. But the more you do it over the years of practice and, and creating pieces, you'll get a much more intuitive understanding of how the volume of the human figure is supposed to look like instead of having to follow the specific formula. You know, okay, the femur is, is this long in comparison to the, the, the tibia and like your hips are supposed to be here. It's like the eight man figure head, whatever. Uh, after a while, you start to get or develop a sense of, of intuitive understanding. And you can just create that and look at the volume, look at the relationship between the volume instead of having to follow these very specific arbitrary guidelines. Now let's talk about some specific study techniques you can use. And one of my favorites is something we call time boxing. That means that you have you have a specific amount of time allocated to each task and you shouldn't really go above that. It means that you're, again, we go back to the concept of optimizing for a specific thing. If you are, if you, you're trying to do a character and you have, uh, and you have uh, five minutes for it, you can optimize that for getting the gesture down. But if you're, but if you have a uh, two weeks for it, you're optimizing for something very different than you're optimizing for the final result. Yeah. So when you're doing studies, it's really helpful to practice where you allocate different times to different tasks. 
The advantage of this as well is that you now have an accurate representation of what your art looks like at different points in time. If you knew that you can make uh, a mediocre sculpture in, and took you six hours to do that six months ago or a year ago, and now you can get to, in the same amount of time, make something much, much better. That's incredibly motivating. And now you have like a, a difference between two different parts. You now know you can objectively see your improvement. Because one of the problems is that you will not be able to objectively see your improvement no. when you're just looking <laughs> at your art. No, it's I think time boxing is one of those it's one of those things that I always forget and then remember uh, from time to time. Uh, for the people who are following us on social media, uh, you might have remember that recently. You know, I got a t uh, like a pen display, trying to switch up the way that I work, trying to improve and become faster at sculpting. I've sort of locked in a specific way that I sculpt for the past many, many years. I've been doing 3D for close to 15 years now. And you sort of fall into specific habits and this is like, this is how I do things. And this was particularly evident when it came to my sculpting, whereas it was inefficient and it, it was slow. I could get most things done to a level that I thought was acceptable, but not in a time frame that I thought was acceptable. And time boxing recently, I was working on this Majora's Mask piece, was one of the things that I utilized, where let's say I was working on the pants for the skull kit. And then I allocate 30 minutes and say, okay, I have a rough silhouette already blocked out from the beginning. Now I have 30 minutes, roughly, to detail them, make the silhouette like I wanted to. And then it's up to me to spend those 30 minutes efficiently. Instead of going in and noodling and creating small details that can be left for a detailing stage that let's pretend I'll use an hour on later on, now I can spend 30 minutes getting everything up to the same level of quality and then I know at the end of that 30 minutes, I'm done. You know, don't touch it anymore in this time boxing session. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly 30 minutes, maybe it's 32 minutes, maybe it's 28 minutes, but it's within that time frame. And sticking to that time frame allows you to work faster and keep track of how much time you're actually spending on, on a particular thing. And this can be worked, used for both portfolio pieces like Morton is talking about now where the end result is to make something look nice. Yeah. Or it can be used for if you want to optimize for learning. Uh, one example, uh, we, we talked about this before in some of the videos, is we, if, you, if you're doing anatomy studies, let's say you're doing a hand study and you're doing a 30-hour hand study, and you haven't really studied hands before, you're going to make so many mistakes in the first one. You're going to be placing the bones wrong. The, all the volumes are going to be weird just because it's the first time. Hands yeah. are hard to do. So instead of spending 30 hours on one study, it's much better to do 30 studies of one hour each. For each one of these studies, you will learn completely new things. And then by the end of it, you've been down now doing 30 full studies. I haven't done 30 studies <laughs> of hands, but I probably should have. <laughs> I've been doing the other way. I've been doing the more final refined versions, which means that my core understanding of those subjects just isn't as good as it should have been if I've been doing the quantity studies. And that's, I think that's an important thing, especially with the quantity studies, is that when you're doing this form of practice, especially in our modern social media world, not everything is meant for everyone. Like if you're doing practice pieces versus portfolio pieces, there's a difference between first the energy and the time that you put into it, but also the kind of reaction that you expect to get back from it like let's be honest everyone who posts something on social media are expecting some kind of reaction for you we want people to like your work it's it's a natural thing we all want that but 
your one hour, 31 hour practice pieces of a hand, may, maybe not all of them need to get posted because if you have that in the back of your mind that you're posting this on social media to get some kind of reaction from people, you're probably going to want to do a better job at certain things because you wanted to finalize it for presentation. Well, that means now you're spending time on something that doesn't directly benefit you when it came to your hand study. Now you're practicing to make a presentation piece instead of practicing the anatomy of the hand. So maybe you spend an hour on the hand and then you spend another hour doing a little bit of pore work, creating a lighting setup, making it really nice and presentable. Well, that's another hour you could have spent doing another hand. So it's a waste of time. That's why it's important to sort of practice with intent, practice something specific and don't get distracted by like the other stuff. It, it becomes a bit weird when you when we start to think about this in in like the, the longer term scale because this doesn't sound bad. Oh, I just wasted an hour, but you didn't <laughs> waste an hour. You spent twice as much time on it. Imagine if everything you do takes twice as much time as it could have taken you. That means it's going to take twice as much time to to learn anything. It's going to take twice as much time to get the job. You're going to be instead of spending three years being effective at university, you're going to be spending six years getting from that point. And we're not saying that, you know, every moment should be as effective as possible. It shouldn't be. You need work-life balance. <laughs> but when you're studying, you, you just need to, you know, put on your headphones and just do the studies without noodling around. I've seen people go from basically not knowing anything in 3D to having professional jobs in high-level studios in two to three years. And I've seen people go from not knowing anything in 3D to not knowing anything in 3D 10 years later. <laughs> and it's, the yeah. difference is the intent of the study. Yeah, it's like, we all know those kinds of people that have been working alongside us for just as long as we have. And they somehow get stuck like five years in the past and they're doing the same thing that they've just been doing all along. And that's because they got comfortable and they stopped practicing. Uh, or maybe they are practicing, but they're practicing wrong. Now, that's where it gets tricky, right? Because how do you know if what you're practicing is the wrong thing? I think that's where intent with your practice can really pay off instead of just sitting down on a Saturday and just going, well, I want to get better at painting. Let me just paint something. No, sit down and analyze what you think you're lacking. And if you can't with your own eyes figure that out, then it, that's where feedback is important. And having some people around it, you that you can ask, like, what do you guys think that I'm lacking? Is it my composition? Is it my color skills? Is it my, my, my line quality? Whatever it may be. That's why it's important to sort of step back sometimes and have a, I guess, more objective look at your work. It's also, it's also interesting as well, because ideally you want a network of people around you to feedback you, but it's also really important to learn the tools which you can use to feedback yourself. Mm, this yeah. is where if, you're, if your drawing doesn't work or your 3D model doesn't work, instead of just panicking and being like, oh, it's crap, and then crying in the shower for 20 minutes, <laughs> then you can start to analyze your work. You can start to look at the components which make up the, the final drawing final piece nothing is just it's just the drawing or just the 3d model no there are individual components which make up the final result you can start to analyze the silhouette maybe the silhouette is terrible you can analyze the, the anatomy the construction maybe everything is fine but the colors are really weird could be the values are weird the composition doesn't work 
maybe there's too much detail in one area. So you're now looking at his bottom arm instead of looking at his face. There are a lot of these these individual components, which if you improve all of them, your art improves. And by learning to identify them, to diagnose this yourself, you can save yourself so much pain and then you can go back and cry in the shower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being self-reliant when it comes to art is a fantastic skill because feedback from from an external source is always great if it's someone who's good at giving feedback. But if you think about the time that you, let's call it waste, uh, trying to seek out that feedback, getting the feedback back, maybe you didn't really understand some point, you try to get some clarification, well, if, you're, if you develop that ability to feedback yourself and try to be more and more objective, then you cut down time, basically. Then, you again, you become more efficient with your practice. I think that's where stepping back, like we mentioned before, stepping back from your work and just taking taking a break, taking 10 minutes, is great because it allows you to just take a breather and come back and look at your work and evaluate it more objectively. Again, back to the... Majora's Mask piece that, that I'm working on. Uh, just last night, uh, me and my girlfriend, we were sort of going back and forth with with uh, Majora there, so figuring out, okay, what, what exactly do I need to do to make it work? And we're looking at the posing. I spent an hour just tweaking the pose, and, and this is like so, in such contrast to everything I've done in this project where it's like it's fast and efficient. Now I spent an hour trying to noodle stuff. Um, and we get everything posed. And by the end of that session, I just look at it. It's like, I think it's like midnight at this point. I look at it and I go, this is garbage. I've just ruined everything that I've worked for on the for the last 10 hours. And uh, I shut my computer off and I come in here in the morning and boot it back up, launch ZBrush. I'm like, eh, okay, it's not that bad. It, it actually works. I just need to tweak the hand. Tweak the hand? Okay, it's, it's great. And that's the power of fresh eyes. Like you, you leave it for eight hours, you come back. Now I'm not frustrated anymore. I'm not as emotionally invested in the piece. So now I have the ability to be more objective. And I think that's, an, that's a super important skill to try and, and learn. I usually have the opposite where I, I work late at night. I think it's like, this is awful. It's so good. <laughs> that also happens. Wake up in the morning and you're like, what is this trash I've been spending my time on? Yes, that the also good happens. The thing about that, when you feel it's trash, is that that just means that you are seeing things you didn't see before. Nobody, like you don't have the little goblins in your house which go in and, and you know, make your cyberscope worse overnight. <laughs> it's that you're now seeing new things, which is which is a good thing. It means that you can now see how you can improve it, hopefully. Yeah, it's 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 all back to the power of fresh eyes. That's is exactly the same as as what I was talking about. It's just unfortunately the other way around. Uh, I most of the time it's going to be like that. It's it's rarely going to be like what I mentioned. That's a one in a million. I feel like oftentimes you come back to your work, you're just like, okay, just uninstall ZBrush, just just forget about it. Art is license for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's another topic as well, which we see a lot of is what, how fast should you be working? And that is impossible to say. You should work at 20 kilometers an hour as an artist. It, it just, it just depends entirely on your skill, but it, a general way of thinking about it is that you should work as fast as you can 
while retaining control. Yeah. There's no reason to work crazy slowly just for the sake of working crazy slowly. If you can speed it up and have the same quality. And there's also no reason to work as fast as you possibly can and just breaking all the speed limits. <laughs> yeah, it, like nothing good comes from that. So work as fast as you can while you are still in control of the process, which means in the beginning, you're going to be working slowly. That's just the way it is. And then you're going to be working faster and faster. The important part is that you are in control of the piece. You control every stroke you put down. You control the textures you apply to it instead of just being so frantic with speed. I think it was one of the things that inspired me a lot in terms of getting my work speed uh, called upgraded. I was watching some stuff from Rafael Grassetti and I was watching the way that he was working, the speed at which he was working. And... That made me realize because I had recorded the process of me working because obviously we do tutorials, so it's very natural to record your process. Um, but that made me realize that I'm working fairly slowly. And so looking at that, I was like, okay, he probably spent like six hours on that piece. I spent 30. Okay, there, there has to be some kind of middle ground between six hours and 30. So, you know, that, that was my motivation for figuring that out. So sometimes... It's, there's always like this pissing contest. I feel like when people go like, yeah, I spent an hour on this and they have like the like a renaissance piece with like 50 figures in there. Like, no, you didn't spend an hour on that. But it, it can also be helpful sometimes, at least for me, uh, the stage that I'm, I'm at now, I feel like as a, as a motivating factor for me to be like, okay, if someone can do this in six hours, then I should be at least able to do this in less than 30 hours. Another thing as well is um, when it comes to your work, if you feel it's not working, destroy it, rebuild it again. Just nuke it. Just nuke it. It's infuriating when you're just sitting and trying to noodle something and it doesn't work. I, I have this specifically with topology and I see this often with particularly student topology. I mean, I know it's a very specific example here, <laughs> but it's such a clear one because it's a, it's, a it's a logical puzzle which does have a clear uh, way of doing it. Not necessarily this is a 100% right way, but you definitely have some wrong ways of doing it. You just can't connect the dots. And if that happens just destroy what you have just like delete it and start over again it sucks to do that <laughs> it's really it's really annoying to do it yeah but then you are starting fresh and you're going to see solutions you didn't see before it pretty much always works for me when i delete it and i redo it again it kind of ties in uh to the hand example we talked about earlier where if you're doing a one hour study 31 hour studies of hands Right, it's a lot easier to nuke a one-hour study than it is to nuke a twenty-eight-hour study that you feel like is almost done, but is actually garbage. You know, at the end of that, you're so invested in that piece that you just you want it to be good and you want it to be done. Whereas if you're doing the quantity pieces, that allows you to be much more removed from those pieces and then just go like you know after thirty minutes, you're like, well, I still don't really have the gesture correct in the hand. Let's just scrap it and start over. The last thing we want to talk about as well is specifically how do you time box something? We just want to talk about some specific time frames. The, the first one is crazy, crazy fast. That can be between five and 10 minutes. Now, it doesn't matter if this is like if this is you sketching in Seabird or sketching this out on paper. But the point is at this point, you can optimize for getting communicating ideas you can if you're drawing a paper you really are not going to get very far with that but you can still communicate the idea of 
what is the general scene? Are you in a mountain? Are you in a river? Is this uh, a huge demon? Is it a little girl? You can get across general ideas, but mostly internally. <laughs> it's more for you so that you can kind of see the shapes. It's, it's very rough. It can be hard to, like, especially when it comes to sculpting or 3D art, right? In 10 minutes, it can be really hard to convey an idea to someone else. But within that time frame, if you can do that for yourself, probably mostly character related, uh, figure out the gesture, figure out the general silhouette of a character, um, then you can start moving on and, and not spend too much time detailing at that stage. The good thing about doing something this fast is that you can now experiment with so many different ideas. If, you're, if you're, you start with the first idea you have and you just go with it, you are now going to miss out on a lot of good opportunities. You know, If you're spending 10, 15 minutes on something early on, it's very easy to throw it out, to try out something new. And particularly if this is something you're going to be using for a final piece later mm. on, then it's a no-brainer. Spend like a few hours doing 10, 15-hour studies just to get it out there. Then we have around an hour mark. This is where you it's starting to become more refined. At, at this point, you you can see what you're attempting to do. It might have, if you're doing a character, it might have a lot of the, the pieces blocked in where you can you can tell does he have uh, does he have one arm or does he have three arms? Maybe you can even tell the individual fingers. You can probably tell maybe the age of the character as well. You can't see the specifics of his eyes, but you can tell if his eyes are really droopy or you can tell if he's like 10 years old or if he's like 60 years old. You're just getting some more specificity in at this point. And obviously all these things, like these time frames, are some that you can then aim to improve, right? Let's say in a year, then within that hour, well, maybe you should then be able to fledge out a character with accessories that are also silhouetted. Uh, maybe they have some slight detail in there, but then constantly trying to work towards optimizing these times and figuring out, okay, what can I create within this time frame? Just as a side note, keeping track of this time will also help you in your freelance career because then now you know how long it takes to create something and then you can more accurately uh, bill a client. You're not going to underbid yourself. And the next time frame is around three hours. This is where... You know, it depends entirely on individual people, but you can generally communicate the idea to other people now. You can start to talk about it, you can start to improve upon the general idea. The good thing about doing these studies in, in time frames is that you now know that you can do the entire thing in three hours. You know you can block yeah. out all the things. If that's your goal, you want the entire thing to be blocked out in three hours, you now know that everything is there and you just have to get everything down. If you are not time boxing it, it's really easy to spend around two hours on the nose and you have just a potato for the rest. But now if you're time boxing, you will spend around equal time on different parts. And then you, you might realize that, well, the ears are actually really hard to do. I'm not understanding them. Then you can do specific studies on the ears. You, you can also time box. As an added benefit uh, to time, time boxing, it also allows you to... Force yourself, I guess, taking to take breaks. It's something that we're all bad at. Instead of four hours going by and like all of a sudden your shoulder hurts and you can't really move it for three days, then if you're doing time boxing and you're doing it in 30, maybe a one-hour chunks, 45-minute chunks, after that, just take a small break, two-minute break, five-minute break, and then get back to your work again. Now, the next ones, that the next time frames are the ones where it's getting a bit fussy. It depends entirely on 
individual people. But then we have five, uh, five hours and we have 15 hours. This is where it's starting to get properly refined. You know, at this point, you can, you, you, you're reaching the point of diminishing returns, particularly when you're hitting the 15 hour mark. Yeah. If you're doing a full character study in 15 hours, you, you probably reach the point where you're starting to refine too many things. And uh, if you were to spend another 15 hours, you probably wouldn't tell too big of a difference between those two. It's really important to think about diminishing returns when you are doing studies. Yeah, I want to clarify there, you know, it's not 15 hours and then your character is complete with topology, maps and everything. No, no it's just talking about like the general concept of it, building, fleshing things out and, and making it presentable. Um, a lot of people as they get faster, can definitely get below that. You know, maybe they're in the t like the five to ten hour range. Uh, some people who are mad can maybe do it in like five, four or five hours. But it just depends on practice, practice, and it also depends on what you're practicing for, because you can practice at getting faster. That's a very specific skill that you can try and master as well. It also depends on again what you're optimizing for. If we keep coming back to this uh, this idea of optimizing. If you are if you have five hours and you are optimizing for learning, meaning you want to get take this character, you want to learn as much as you can about characters in in five hours. You're going to be starting from something like a sphere, and you're going to be refining this sphere for for five hours. And at the end result, end result is probably not going to look amazing, but you learned a lot. But if you're optimizing for uh, for final quality, maybe you're doing concept art for a company or you want to really make your portfolio nice. Start with base mesh. Yeah, The hard work is already done. It would take you more than five hours just to get to the level of the base mesh. And now you can spend all that time just to take it even further. So it's not that there is no absolute guide to what the results should look like after five hours. It's about what you want to get out of this. Figure out, do you want to optimize for the final quality, meaning the final visual portfolio piece, or do you want to optimize for for learning a specific thing in this piece? Yeah, so I think uh, that just about covers uh, everything we had to say here. Uh, we'll leave all these things in the description with chapter markers as well, so you can always get back to it. And if there's any tips and tricks that you can think of, like ways that you practice, uh, proven ways that you found to get better at this, the thing is, like all of this is anecdotal. There's no like specific evidential proof that this is how you do it, this is how you do to, to practice better in this regard. It's just, you know, we figure out what works for us. And if there's something that works specifically for you, let us know down in the comments and, and we'll read that. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching, guys.